0: Thanks for joining us at Colts to Consciousness. This storytelling podcast is meant to be for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for any medical advice. We may discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health a priority. Lastly, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the host. One of the first things people would say to me is, oh my gosh, Mormon
1: girls are so freaky. They're like, yeah, it's the poop hole loophole. Let's justify this because it's not technically (laughs) sex. Hi,
0: my name is Shalise Ansola, and this is Cults to Consciousness, where we discuss leaving high-demand religions or organizations and finding healing and independence through awareness and true individual sovereignty. As always, if you're listening only and you would prefer to see our faces, head over to my YouTube channel at Cults to Consciousness. It would mean a lot if you could like, subscribe, comment. help helps boost the algorithm so more people see the videos. And, yeah, today's guest. I'm so pumped for this one. Guys, it's going to get spicy. Um, The guest that I have today, she was born and raised in the Mormon Church, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she did the whole Mormon thing, what we we, we were taught to do. Got married young, had four kids. And after 25 years, she was trying to help someone, a close friend of hers, get through some difficult times. And In doing so, she decided to do a deep dive into the doctrine, which we all know how that ends. (laughs) (laughs) So after uncovering these unsavory parts of the church, she realized she could no longer be a part of it. She decided to go to YouTube telling her story. The video blew up. And that was three years ago. So she has done viral videos on YouTube. One of her biggest videos was on soaking, which stay tuned. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. And she's also been on uh, Mormon Stories with John DeLynn. So I'm so excited to have this awesome pioneer of (laughs) ex-Mormon content creating on with me. Welcome, Exmo Lex.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. This is going to be so much fun. And I'm super pumped that I was able to connect with you because in my last episode with my fiance, I was like, man, I really want to do a collaboration with (laughs) Xmolex and here we are. So I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. So after I saw your soaking video and, you know, that whole topic has gone viral, so many publications have covered it. I, I just started thinking like, there, there is so much to talk about when it comes to sex and high demand religions. And, and I think that's also one of your missions too, is to uncover the culty things about Mormonism. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do, but across cults in general. So we have very similar missions, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I love that you're doing
1: multiple cults as well.
0: Thanks. Thanks. It's been very interesting and very enlightening talking to all of these awesome people. So today, though, I wanted to really, really dive into the sex part because I think it's something that is overlooked. And usually because most people don't want to talk about sex because it's uncomfy. Right. (laughs) When you are raised in a way that it's like, don't talk about sex. But to the detriment of the people that aren't allowed to talk about it. And so we're going to talk about the spicy, sexy stuff and the Mormon loopholes and the things that the general public are going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> and and we're also going to talk about the ways in which it is harmful and why we believe it is to be so. So having said that, let's start with the restrictions and why people turn to these loopholes these sex loopholes in order to make themselves feel better let's just like give them a list just all the things that you're not allowed to do as a Mormon
1: yeah it's so crazy because there are like so many things that they talk about like specifically that makes it even funnier because I mean you've got like obviously no masturbation uh, no sex before marriage of any kind so there's you know no oral sex no anal sex no touching no hand jobs nothing like that They also have stuff like no heavy petting and no necking. And you know what's funny to me? And tell me if you have a similar experience. But they don't ever, like, talk about what that even means. They just say it and expect (laughs) all of the youth to know what they're talking about. Like, when I was a kid, and they would be like, no heavy petting. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about? (laughs) The picturing animals. That is so true. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: Like, no heavy petting. Yeah, no nothing.
1: I was like, I don't think I do that, but I don't really know what it is, so I'm not sure.
0: That is so true. I never really thought about that, but you're just kind of expected to understand what it means. And eventually, through the context, you can put the pieces together, but I don't think I've ever heard a single authority say what that means. And I'm sure people who aren't Mormon are like what is that right yeah we're we're right there with you we have no idea I don't
1: know. we're not not sure but it, it it's like you said like you with the context you're kind of just like uh like i'll just not touch anybody and like hopefully <laughs> i'll be good <laughs> i feel
0: like as a kid i just thought necking was like kissing each other's necks yeah, like that was my idea like, I'm like necking like because that's like a very intimate you know, right. a peck on the lips, like, okay, kissing, but when you kiss someone's neck, that's when <laughs> things get a little steamy.
1: See, I was over here being, like, 10 years old and picturing people, like, touching their necks together. <laughs> <laughs> that's being so close, good. Like, we're giraffes or something. I don't know. It's kind of bizarre.
0: Also, like, the petting thing. Like, and it's not just petting. It's heavy Heavy petting. petting. And we're just, like what is heavy petting it would make much more sense if they were just clear right (laughs) don't touch each other
1: okay got it which is basically like what what they're going for you know like because they do say like you should not touch the private parts of another person's body with your clothes on or Mm -hmm. off like i mean and they're it's funny because like they you'll see mormons like try to make a case for like No, like, we're not that heavily controlled. But it's like, if you really look at it, they have detailed lists of everything that you are not supposed to do. And they go over it pretty constantly. So it's not like it's just, you know, one general authority that said, don't do this. It's like, many, many, many over generations, over generations of like, um, you know, for the strength of youth, and all of these different things, you have these instructions, it's very, very clear. So I, it's funny to me that people even try to argue about it sometimes.
0: Yeah. And the fact that who was it? um Who wrote The Miracle of Forgiveness? Spencer W. Kimball. Oh, God. Oh, Kimball. Freaking Kimball <sighs> trying to say that masturbating can make you gay. Yeah.
1: You know, made me wonder about him, to be honest with you. Yeah. Everyone says I mean, this the guy same had thing. an obsession. He had an obsession with sex. Like, More than almost any other general authority, this guy talked about sex on a loop all the time. It made me think that that's what's on his mind. It must be. How could it not be?
0: Right. Well, and that's why we're here. Because we're talking about how sexual repression can lead to all of these awful things. Even if it's just like forcing your opinions onto a group (laughs) of people. Right? Yeah. I mean, he literally said that that homosexuality is one step away from bestiality yeah guys
1: guy, come on and he's that serious that's why everyone's like were you gay (laughs) right well and like you said him teaching that masturbating will make you gay and he isn't he the one that also had like specific like way to keep yourself from touching yourself it was one of the general authorities was like literally like tie your hands or like when you're in bed asleep so that you don't accidentally start touching yourself
0: like it's wild yes guys this is some kinky stuff here (laughs) (laughs) yeah I remember that it was um I think he was the one that gave the little factory talk to the men yeah or the boys let's clarify to the boys saying that your penis is like a little factory and if you, once you get that factory going, aka masturbating, it's just want to, it's going to want to keep producing and keep producing and you're just going to want to masturbate more and more and more until you can't do anything but masturbate (laughs) and like don't turn on that little factory. And so you have these boys that are terrified of touching themselves like what if I'm cleaning it and it goes off (laughs) like and then they feel guilty
1: about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's really sad and I feel like I mean, it's, it's a cause for such shame that it is really, really harmful for people. Like you, you hear about things like soaking and stuff and it's like, well, with, you know, the context of what people grow up hearing, all of these things that you absolutely cannot do because remember, and you like breaking the law of chastity, that's the syntax to murder. They have taught that. Right. I'm so glad you brought that up. So like, of course, like... But you're, you're a hormonal young person, so you're going to – basically, you are going to mess up and hate yourself. Like, that's what's going to happen.
0: Yes. That's the formula. And that's – exactly. You don't stand a chance. My goodness, Lex, I was so horny as a kid. I cannot tell you. Like, my sex drive was so high, and I prided myself on not letting anyone touch me, and, and it only happened when I was a senior in high school because I was removed from the Mormon bubble into Portland, and I had a boyfriend who was super sexually active, and he basically just convinced me. and I was so horny. I was like, you know what? Screw hey, it. Yeah. Still, like, we didn't even have sex, but I was still like, oh my gosh, like, I need something. Like, what? Like, I think I found out what masturbation was because it accidentally happened through friction, and I, I literally blacked out. It was such a good orgasm. <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing! And I remember being like, "What is that?" Like, I had no idea. I didn't. I didn't know anything about sex. I just knew that I had all these feelings that I couldn't express. And I remember, oh my gosh, tell me if you had anything like this. I remember sitting with my best friend, we were going through a Victoria's Secret magazine because my mom got them. I don't know why. But um, <laughs> we're going through a magazine and I was like, this is what I'm going to wear in my honeymoon the night that I lose my virginity. Like we were so horny. Like we could, we just had to focus all of our energy into a future moment. And, and that's another reason why I wanted to get married young because I was just like,
1: I just want to do it finally. You right. Know? You know what's interesting? Like you talking about that too is they teach in the church that not only like acting on these feelings is a sin, but thinking about it, having sexual thoughts, that is a sin too. You can sin through your thoughts. And so, you know, if you're lustful, if you are horny, if you are thinking about these things, if you want to do them, that is just that like, that's almost as much of a problem as if you actually were to do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember having like sitting in a lesson think like having, you know them talk about the law of chastity and talk about like King David and Bathsheba and stuff like this and then like emphasizing that you can sin in your thoughts too and me just being like well I guess I'm going to hell even though I've never done anything like that because <gasps> this is a sin too right it's impossible. It's
0: an impossible standard. So going back to the list thing, I remember my bishop um, after my boyfriend and I messed up. And this was like the downfall of my Mormon background, I guess you could say, where I was like, <laughs> yeah, this sucks and I'm out. Um, but anyway, after he convinced me to give him head, I was like, oh, okay, fine. Let's do it. Sure. We'd been dating for a year, mind you, and I was still a virgin. And... Um, So it happens immediately after. He's like, we need to talk to the bishop. And I was like, really? Really? Right now? Like immediately after. (laughs) And so I did. It was very traumatic. Very like, I mean, we could do a whole episode on bishops interviews and worthiness interviews where you have to describe in detail your sexual sins. But we won't get into that afterwards, after he told me, yeah, I um, I don't think you're a good influence on him. I think that it's best if you break up. And I'm like, are you kidding me? After that, uh, my boyfriend comes home with this list on yellow paper. I distinctly remember the color. It's like they'd just been passing him out to all of the people in the singles work because I was 19 at the time living in Vegas. But it went as far as to say uh, don't be alone in the same room together and I'm like okay we're adults like we live on our own it's not like we live at our parents house and we can leave the door open or whatever right it was it was never stay with them past midnight and it was yeah. don't even enter their uh, th- the other person's bedroom Um, all of these things and I was looking at him like you can't be serious like you really want to follow these? and he's like you know what I think I think in order to make it right with God, I think we should really give it a try. And I was like, okay. so my level of petty was (laughs) doing all the things on the list. So I remember he's like carrying his laundry into his bedroom and I just stop at the doorway and he looks at me and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm not entering your bedroom. (laughs) and he just like he gave me this look but i was like what do you expect and then we go and sit down and watch a movie together and we're sitting like straight up and he tries to get me to kind of lean over and cuddle and i'm like i don't know we can't lay down like we gotta can't lay down together (laughs) we gotta
1: keep a book of mormon distance between us thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then and then the best part this was like the height of my petty i was keeping an eye on the time and the second the clock struck midnight, I was like, well, I guess it's time to go. And he goes, don't you want to finish the movie? I'm like, I would really like to finish the movie, but it's midnight. I think I better, you
1: know, turning into a
0: pumpkin, I right. guess.
1: get out of here. What they always told us was the Holy Ghost goes to bed at midnight. So if you're not in bed by midnight, you're going to sin.
0: Yeah. I, I remember, honestly, having those fears. So... <laughs> I think it was after this point during that date i was just being really petty like i said and was like fine i'm gonna leave but i do remember hanging out with people into like the the late hours because we did have a fun singles ward in vegas like we went on nighttime hikes to <clears throat> hot springs and stuff and we did a lot of fun things together we would go out dancing in fact um before imagine dragons was famous they were friends of ours like we would go to their shows at these random casinos and, like, dance and stuff. So (laughs) I remember hanging out till 2 a.m. and going, oh, wow, like, I felt exposed. Like, I was afraid that I... Because I was already horny. We've established this. I was afraid (laughs) that now that it's past midnight, there's an even bigger chance that I'm going to mess up.
1: And it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It really is. Wow. See, when (laughs) you're talking about, like not being able to go in rooms together and stuff. And that was like, in my house, that was really serious, like very much enforced. force. But really? what I wasn't expecting was as an adult, that still being very much a thing. So my husband and I, when we were engaged, I went to visit his family at their house and, you know, he wasn't living there. So they had just like guest bedrooms made up. And there was like a night where I was upset about something. I don't remember what it was, but I was, you know, like crying. And I went to the guest bedroom and my fiance came in with me to like, you know, talk to me and try to make me feel better. And I remember his family being like taking issue with it and like having a problem because we were in the room together and like, keep in mind, like we are adults. I think, let's see, I would have been 19 and he would have been 23 We had been engaged. We were going to be married in like a month and a half. And that was a problem. Like they wanted to be there because we should not be in a a room alone together.
0: That is crazy. I think the issue, I mean, there's so many issues with this. But one of the big things is you make you make these kids, teenagers, adults believe that they have no agency or like they have no they have no self-control right? It's like yeah. if you cross the threshold into a room that has a bed, you won't be able to control <laughs> yourself. And you, you start to be afraid of the dumbest things instead of realizing, oh, I have the power. I can make the decision. It's not right. like if I show my shoulders, my fiance is going to jump my bones. No. Yeah. Men are capable of doing or not doing something. Right. So I hate the whole victim-blaming thing where, oh, this woman was raped. Well, what was she wearing? No, that is not her fault. He made his choices because he made his choices. End of story. Right. Yeah. The same
1: goes with, like, where you're at. Like, we're saying, like, where was she? Like, what time was it? Like, these things are irrelevant. Yes. Completely. And it's the same. It's the same with what we're talking about here if you're gonna have sex you're gonna have sex you don't need a bed you don't need a couch you (laughs) don't need a room like it's gonna happen one way or another and I I mean some of the first sexual experiences that I had were in the bed of a truck so (laughs) you don't need a you don't need a mattress (laughs)
0: Exactly. And so that leads perfectly into, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, the slippery slope to soaking, as you put it in one of your videos. (laughs) So now that we've laid the groundwork as far as what's allowed and what's not allowed, which is basically nothing is allowed, people still make allowances because they need to make it okay in their head. Like, I'm doing this And I know it's technically a sin, but maybe it's not a sin.
1: Or maybe it's not as bad of a sin.
0: Yes. It's like a step below. Like, you're not going
1: all the way to hell, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Like, I can repent for this. (laughs) (laughs) If
0: if sex is the sin next to murder, what is the sin next to sex? Like,
1: can we just... Right. Is that, like, oral? Is it soaking? Like, what? It's worse, you know. I need a tier list.
0: (laughs) Quick note, that whole interview that I mentioned with my bishop about giving my boyfriend oral, he told me that that was sex. He said oral sex is sex. And I was like, um, sure isn't because I didn't get any penis action. (laughs) You know what I mean? He was literally trying to punish me the same amount of time as if I had actual intercourse. I was so pissed. And that, I mean, that's what started my spiral because he made me believe like I was lowest of the low. I wasn't even the dirt. I was the worms in the dirt. He said, oral sex is unnatural. It is nowhere to be found in the Bible. And I'm like, who cares if it's in the Bible? And I was like, it's just kissing on another part of the body. And he's like, oh no, Shalice, it's much more serious than that. And I'm like, so that was my loophole that clearly didn't hold up in court, the court of my
1: bishop. Oh, my God. Like, it's, a, it's not in the Bible. Okay. Well, there's tons of incest in the Bible. Does that mean it's okay? Because oh gosh, they did that all a, the time. Like
0: That is such a good point. I wish I would have thought of that. Sure wish I would have thought of that. But, you know, I was being traumatized. So what do you do?
1: Was it um, – what was that – I'm trying to have, remember, like, who it was in the story. One, like, Bible character, his daughters got him drunk and had sex with him to get pregnant. Who was that?
0: I don't remember, but I know the story. Because I recently... <laughs> I think I think it was recently covered on Not So Mo- Molly Mormon podcast. They did, like, a whole episode on it. Yeah. And they were talking about how disgusting it was. And I was like, that is so gross. So
1: gross. That it's the Bible, so it's okay, I guess. <laughs> so...
0: Tell the good people what soaking is.
1: So soaking is a loophole to sex that, you know, it's not all the way sex. It is, but it's not. So basically, you're going to put a penis inside a vagina, but you're not going to move. You're not going to thrust. You're not going to wiggle. You just put it in and hold still. Yes. That's it. It's not technically sex because... (laughs) you're not moving you're not reaching <laughs> climax inside the other person so not sex it's it's the type of thing that like it, it used to be the stuff of Mormon lore right like mm-hmm. we heard about it happening there was like comics about it but lo and behold it is an actual thing that actually happens and it yeah anyway it's that's what soaking is for those for those who don't know, because you have somehow missed out on this viral thing.
0: <laughs> a lot of people say, well, I'm Mormon and I've never heard of it, so it's not real. Well, yeah. let's just, let's make it clear that there's a lot of things that Mormons don't know about that are real.
1: <laughs> yeah. First of all. <laughs> and then, I mean, there's also the fact that, like, I mean, I soaked as a Mormon, right? She With soaked, guys. <laughs> and But I didn't know there was a term. Yeah. We didn't, like, think that we were doing something that, like, other people did. We didn't hear about it or know that this was a thing. It was just, like, something that sort of happened organically. And we just, like, justified it in our minds. And then, like, five, ten years later, then we're finding out, like, oh, like, there's a term for that. And it's something that has been done. And, oh, my God, we did that. (laughs) I have actually participated unknowingly.
0: So it was actually how I lost my virginity. Basically, I had left the church. I was like, okay, this isn't for me. And I started dating outside, you know, the outsiders, (laughs) non-Mormons. And I was with someone who was just, like, the worst. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, He really wanted to have sex, which most men do. Most people do. Let's be honest. And it was it was kind of like the, oh, I'm just going to put it there, but I'm not going to put it in. And I'm just thinking like, okay, yeah, it's fine. I guess that doesn't count because I'm still a virgin. And I was adamant, even though I wasn't Mormon anymore, I was like, I'm going to wait till marriage because that's what I set out to do. And I'm already almost 20 years old and I feel like that's got to count for something. And so it was a situation where I was so turned on, I didn't even realize that he put it in. Like, I honestly didn't even feel it. Wow. Until he pulled out and was like, oh, my gosh, like, what just happened? And he goes, we just had sex. I just broke down. I just broke down crying. And I said, you promised me that you weren't going to do that. It's a product of multiple things. One, he assaulted me and he shouldn't have done that. Two, I I was so bottled up as far as my sexual repression that I was just so swept up in the feelings and I was just my body was open like it was ready for it. And I just – I didn't even realize that it had happened. But the shame and the guilt that I felt afterward, even though I wasn't Mormon because I had just deconstructed like not even a year. It was probably months actually after I was deconstructing Mormonism that I still felt like ashamed of myself. And that's also something I wanted to speak on as far as you make all these allowances and you try and make it make sense and make it okay but the shame and the guilt is still there, no matter what. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry that that happened.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate, but also I'm really glad I didn't wait till marriage.
1: <laughs> right. I pros and
0: cons. I certainly had dreamed of that that moment happening much differently, as we've established. Right. Um, and I I wish it would have gone differently. But also, I'm glad that it kind of woke me up to kind of my sexuality and being like, oh, wow, I can enjoy sex and it's okay. I'm not going to hell for it. And also, that was when I was 19 and I'm 32 now and just about to get married. Those would have been a lot of lost years.
1: <laughs> it would said. have. It certainly would have.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. So we have soaking. We have another one. We don't know if it's actually true, but there are rumors of Earthquaking slash jump pumping you want to explain
1: yeah so this one is like soaking except for you have a third person creating movement so I've heard either they go like under the bed and kick the bed from underneath Mm -hmm. or like standing on the bed and like bouncing the bed to create some movement but the people you know doing the sex act aren't creating the movement so it's not a sin (laughs) I don't know. It's another one. That one, I'm not sure if that's real. It sounds fake to me, but, you know, the rumors came from somewhere, I suppose. I heard
0: about that in another Not Somali Mormon episode where it's like a BYU thing because you have bunk beds. So (laughs) it would be more plausible if you were on the top bunk and you're like, hey, just like, come in. But also, who would want someone else in the room? Like, you're already doing something that's super intimate, wrong, shameful, all of the things, and then to rope a third party in, like, we haven't had sex, but we've had a weird threesome.
1: (laughs) Right. That's kind of one of the reasons it makes me feel like it's not real, because I, I mean, just coming from, like, a background of being very Mormon and having, like, sexual experiences, you were already very, like, this is bad. This is wrong. We should not be doing this. And it would have been, like, mortifying to have another person in on it. So yeah. I don't know, but you also have to, you know, take in, in consideration that like, I mean, I don't know, this could be like a whole nother tangent, but I don't know how, how much you've seen of Mormons on like Mormon mom talk that, that have rumors of like soft swinging. You haven't seen that? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. So like, I mean, if that's something that people do as a Mormon, Who's to say that they wouldn't do earthquaking either? I don't know. Something to think about? I don't know.
0: (laughs) That's a really good point. Another one, and I discovered this when I moved to LA, and where are you from, Mormon? Or Mormon? Where are you from, Utah? Are you Mormon? Yeah, there used to be, like, that whole conversation. And... One of the first things people would say to me is, oh, my gosh, Mormon girls are so freaky. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, they're like one of the only groups of people that exclusively do anal. And I'm like, really? And that's when I realized they're like, yeah, it's the poop hole loophole. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) They say that they're still virgins because they haven't had a penis in their vagina, but they'll do anal sex. No problem. Have you heard of that?
1: You know, I've personally, no experience with it. I don't know anybody that did that as a loophole. But it's not all that surprising. Because again, it's just another thing that's like, let's justify this because it's not technically sex (laughs) all the way. So, you know, I could see it happening. That one for sure. Yeah. And it's funny
0: to me, and it's just now clicking that Mormonism is famous for redefining words.
1: That's true. Right. Very true. Yeah. So
0: it's not sex because sex means a penis in a vagina and thrusting.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, that's funny. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I can definitely see that being like the um the chain of events in your mind, like the okay, this is how I'm gonna justify this. And again, like it's not like a Mormon would do this stuff that we're talking about and Not think that it's a sin. Like they know that they shouldn't. They know that this is wrong and it's bad. But in your head, you're being like, well, it's not all the way bad. It's not the worst sin. You know, I'm making this better somehow in my brain.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Just like we were talking about sex is a sin next to murder. It's so like you don't want to have sex, but maybe we can get away with the lesser sins that are less time that you can't take the sacrament and less time that you can't yeah. go to the
1: temple and less repenting time. I think the most common like loophole is probably either like hand jobs or having oral sex. Those are the ones that like, you know, within my Mormon group that I heard about happening the most and from the youngest ages. And the other stuff, it kind of just progressed too. Yeah. Or even just
0: like naked cuddling. Like, yeah. we're going to cuddle without our clothes on, but that's it. Like, we're not going to, I'm not going to touch you, but you're like clearly spooning me.
1: <laughs> right. Or I have dry humping. I've also seen that called like zipper sparking, um, zipper spark- <laughs> where you're completely clothed, but like dry humping.
0: Oh, yeah. That was my jam. That, that was my jam back in high school, um, for sure. We called it dry farming.
1: Dry farming.
0: Maybe that's a northern Utah thing. I've heard Levi Loving, too. <laughs> yeah, Levi Loving. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I remember um, dry farming with other Mormon boys, like return missionaries and stuff, and them actually ejaculating in their pants. And I'm like, oh, that was not intentional, but... What do you do? Like when, and then it's you're sore. Like your pubic bone hurts. Like it's not a good thing, but it feels good enough to where you're like, okay, I'm satisfied. Exactly,
1: it's it's worth it.
0: (laughs) But we didn't realize what satisfied actually felt like. So to us, we were winning, but we really weren't. Right. (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh,
0: it's so sad. I know, and it's sad because I'm, like, grieving for my own past. Like, the things that I had to do or the things that I thought I needed to do to maintain a certain relationship with God, I guess you could say. Like, why are we bringing God into the bedroom? But that's a whole other thing. I think what's most interesting about this is it creates this sort of adolescence, even through grown adults, where yeah. we're doing the stuff that you do in high school, the stuff that you do. It's like a 15 year old, like grinding on each other, hand jobs. I mean, a hand job can be great, don't get me wrong. But when you're limiting yourself to an adolescent form of sexuality, you carry over that mentality as a grown adult. Right. I mean, it expresses
1: itself in a lot of ways. And it's sad, too, because you think about, like, you know, a lot of Mormons get married very young, partially because you want to finally just have sex. Like, it doesn't even matter who it's with at that point. Like, you just want to get married so you can have sex. But some Mormons, they don't find the right person. And so you end up, you know, going a long, long time without ever having a real sexual experience. And like you said, there's a lot of immaturity with that. There's immaturity not only in, you know, not having had a sexual experience, but also like being repressed, having an immature sense of humor, because these things are like overly funny now because we've never been able to talk about it before. And it's sad. It's really sad. I don't know if you ever, you know, had a, um, like somebody in your ward or somebody that you knew that like never got married or, you know, had reached an older age and never had it gotten married. But I had a young women's leader who was, I think, in her, like, late 40s and had just never found the right person and had resigned herself to, like, I'm just going to be single for my whole life and that is my calling in this life. And obviously, as, a you know, a very, um you know, orthodox woman, she was not going out of her way to... Have sex outside of marriage. She was just going to be a virgin for her whole life, and how sad is that?
0: That is really sad because sex can be so beautiful and so connecting. And I mean, there's a reason most people yell, "Oh my god," when they're having sex because it's a spiritual experience if you're doing it right, you know?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Let's
0: talk about all of the other distortions that it causes. We know that that Utah is one of the highest number of porn subscriptions. They watch the most porn, which is saying a lot because porn is a huge, huge sin. People get divorced. Mormons get divorced when they find out their partner has been watching porn because you're also not allowed to masturbate. Right. So that has split people up. And this is,
1: these are married couples. Right. And again, it's, I mean, I feel like, this is something that most people, most Mormons are going to have some sort of experience with as, you know, a younger person. And that's going to carry over when they get older as well. But it's interesting that, like what you're saying, that it has the highest number of porn subscriptions. It's something that, like, as a Mormon, you would not believe that's true, right? At least I wouldn't yeah. have. I would have been like, there's no way that's real. Somebody is just making that up because mm-hmm. we don't do that. But like in the back of your head, like yeah, I've definitely, <laughs> definitely seen some porn. <laughs> For sure. I don't know. It was wild.
0: Yeah. I remember the first time. It was my my sinful boyfriend in high school that got me to do something other than dry humping. <laughs> <laughs> he showed me this video of this dance. It was a couple. They were like super sensual and they were doing a dance that if they had their clothes off, it would be like sexual positions. And I remember getting so hot and bothered by that video. And I look back now and I'm like, this is a prime example of why repression just causes all of these other distortions or it causes it to come out 10 times more intense than what it would be if you just like saw people having sex like oh that's porn like people everything is amplified and then they get locked into this loop and imagine like (laughs) imagine also and i've been there actually as a mormon you watch porn but then you're like oh i can't touch myself and then it makes it even crazier. Like, you're having these intense feelings and you feel too guilty to relieve yourself. And then if you do, then it's like you feel like you're the scum of the earth after doing it.
1: Right. That. Yeah. It's definitely the kind of thing where it's like if it did happen, like, you would try to not, try to not, try to not. And then if it did, immediately you are like, wow, I am the shittiest person in the entire world. Like, I deserve to die. I hate myself like it was bad right and this is a
0: healthy thing for humans to do we have ultrasounds of of literal infants in the womb touching themselves like we know that it's a healthy thing for humans to do and so just like we were talking about earlier they are setting you up for failure because it is not feasible it is not healthy to restrain yourself in such a way that you're gonna you're gonna mess up And that's why, shoot, I always, I forget her name, a sex therapist. Do you mean Natasha Helfer? She was excommunicated because she spoke out about, no, masturbation is healthy. And she's like, either I tell the truth that masturbation is healthy and I speak out against the church or I lose my license.
1: How sad. Genuinely, how sad is that?
0: Because people are getting misinformed. Medical information. And meanwhile,
1: the church is teaching and has taught masturbation can make you gay like right what, And but then they will also say things like the so-called experts will tell you xyz but in reality i know better because i speak for god whatever bullshit comes out of their mouth
0: i think that's also what drives me crazy is what kind of god cares about what we do with our genitals <sighs> what kind of god <laughs> creates humans to procreate and then gets pissed off when they do it or when they have sex when they act on these urges that are literally god-given that's a little sadistic don't you think
1: it is because like i don't know like you think about like your family and the people that you love like what i have kids i can't imagine setting them up for failure like that (laughs) like that's really all it is you have been right. set up for failure. You are not going to be able to manage this. It's not going to happen, but that's what you're expected to do. Yeah, and you're going to be punished. And for what purpose? What, what does it hurt somebody else if you touch your own body? Does that affect anybody else at all? No, of course not.
0: Exactly. And this just leads right into the whole there's no education when it comes to sex. So masturbation is a beautiful way to get to know your own body. Oh, I like this. I don't like this. This pressure
1: feels good. This does not. And that's going to be different for everybody, too. So it's not like you can read that in a book.
0: Absolutely. How are you going to tell your partner when you are finally allowed to have sex what you like if you can't figure it out for yourself, and that also leads into your body is not for someone else's pleasure because that's what they're telling you. That's the underlying yeah. message of no masturbating is that you can only feel pleasure if it's on behalf of somebody else. No, that's, that's not the case. So, yeah, let's talk about all of the different ways that Mormons or people in high-demand religions – are not educated
1: about sex in basically every way i feel like every way (laughs) uh, yeah like even like we were talking about earlier with the church like laying out these guidelines and being no necking and no heavy petting but they never tell you what that actually means um i don't think anybody ever explained to me what masturbation was like i had no idea like i had to figure that Mm -hmm. out by myself using context clues because nobody ever said that's what this is so but by the time I knew what masturbation meant what it was I had already done it without knowing what it was same (laughs) so like that if that doesn't say like the amount of education that we have on the subject I don't know what does
0: I think I was a senior in high school when it actually accidentally went off right when I was like what was that I don't think I even realized that women could masturbate because everything is centered around men. Yeah. Which is another issue. The way that they set it up, it's like men are the sexual ones and women don't have a sex drive. And so then women are like, oh, I'm clearly not supposed to be feeling this way. It's the men that need to control themselves. Yeah. Is there something wrong with me (laughs) once you start feeling horny? Right. What are these feelings? I was probably in high school when I found out what a clitoris was. Like, I didn't even know that we had a pleasure point.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: When you don't even know your basic anatomy, some people go into marriage not even realizing, like, what, like, where do I put the penis? Like, what does it even look like down there? Like, you're not even supposed to look at yourself because, like, if I look at it, I don't know, maybe I'm going to get horny or something. Like, (laughs) they don't even encourage basic bodily exploration they don't encourage you to understand your anatomy
1: right which is just sad I mean and I feel like it's such a disservice especially when you're not only you know not educating about any of that but you also have all of this shame wrapped up around not just sex but your body in general like within the Mormon church modesty is such a huge deal so you know women from the time you're a child you're not supposed to show your shoulders or your legs or your back or your chest or your stomach. And it's like, I mean, like, where, where do you go from here? You have so, like, little understanding of yourself, of other people, of your body, of, like, it, I mean, it's just sad. The shame and the guilt and the complex you give yourself and that the church has taught you, I... Sorry. It just makes me upset because there are people who will sit and act like Mormonism isn't that bad. You don't have religious trauma. And it's like, are you joking? Like it's bad. It is really bad. We do have it bad. There is so much work to be done after leaving the church, figuring out how real life works, figuring out sex, figuring out yourself, it, it it boggles my mind that people will act like this is not a big deal. I agree and it's it's one of those things where
0: they don't realize how controlled they are until they have a different perspective. Because right. I remember thinking that too and and also people will say it's not a restrictive religion, it's just giving me guidelines so that I don't have to feel pain. It's like I go through the pain so that I can avoid pain. And it do- that doesn't even make sense either. No. Like God is telling me the rules so I can avoid the pain in the afterlife. And I'm thinking, no, God doesn't want you to be in pain. It doesn't make any sense. And with the education thing, women don't even understand their cycles. So right. I've been an egg donor five times. Wow. I didn't know about my cycle until I was sitting in an office with a female nurse and a gynecologist being like, so this is how you ovulate. This is when you're fertile. This is when this hormone happens. And I'm like, the female body is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why am I finding out about how my body works when I'm, geez, I think I was like 22 years old. How did I not know that you can't get pregnant certain times of the month? That would have been really useful when you're trying to avoid pregnancy because this whole abstinence-only thing is not effective. When that's the only tool in the toolkit that you're giving these kids is don't have sex and you won't get STDs and you won't get pregnant, that's not feasible because it's going to happen. And that's why there's so many teen pregnancies in Utah. I think we had like four girls one year in our school of 300 that were pregnant. Wow. And it's like, I I went to Portland And no teen pregnancies. People were on birth control because their parents were like, yeah, you're going to have sex. And when you want to have sex, let me know and I'll give you the pill. Right. That is a healthy approach to this. The whole sex thing, not just don't do it. And if you do it, I'm going to shame you and you're going to have to repent and you're probably going to get an STD and die. Don't do that right because again, they're setting us up for failure if they would just explain to us how the female cycle works if they would explain to us how STDs are transmitted and contracted, there would just oh,
1: just education
0: yeah. education
1: I mean and there's there's like you said like there's such better ways to handle it and the thing that I've noticed you know with more you know as as, as society progresses, some Mormons have become more progressive as well. And so you will see a huge Mm -hmm. difference. And it's specifically like Utah Mormons. I mean, Utah can be absolutely wild, right? And a lot of times out-of-state Mormons are a little bit more normal. Like for lack of a better word, they're more normal. Yeah. So I've seen Mormons, you know, outside of Utah that have like realized like, yeah, like my kid – is sexually active or they want to be sexually active and go on out and you know bought condoms for their kid because that is so much better than dealing with a teen pregnancy and i feel like it's something that at some point the church is going to have to start changing because there are just so many issues with a abstinence only education if you can call it that and one of those too Mm -hmm. ends up being that we know absolutely nothing about consent and where does that lead
0: Exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up because this is huge. So, another thing that happens within Mormonism is that women are taught the priesthood holders, you do what they say. Like they have the power of God. You don't. You're there to serve them, basically. Yeah. Which also leads into sex. So, when a husband says to his wife, I want to have sex, she is expected to comply. And never once have we ever been taught that that's not the case. Like, you you don't have to have sex if you don't want to. And it just leaves open so much room for abusive relationships where women think, well, I'm married, so I have to give him sex whenever he wants. And that's not the case. Like, there, there can still be boundaries within yes. marriage, within relationships. But not only that, explaining to these young girls who will come across boys who try to have sex with them. And if they're stuck on the abstinence only like I was, not realizing when they're pushing boundaries too much, not realizing that I can have boundaries and that I can say no and giving me the words to be able to say, no, I don't want to do just the tip because I know that that's probably going to lead to sex and I want to be a virgin until marriage. Even just giving them that verbiage to help them understand that you have a choice. Right. And you can say no. And this is how you do it.
1: Yeah. I thought it was great, too, that you brought up, like, the boundaries within marriage, too. And also the fact that, like, I don't know if you ever felt this way, um, but I definitely did, like, as a young person and, you know, having relationships, um, being with guys and you're know, not even having sex, but, you know, having these other sexual encounters where I would feel like, pressured into doing things that I didn't want to do because the guy would act like well if you don't give me this I'm gonna have to go look for it somewhere else and then it suddenly became my problem that you know he is interested in doing xyz and that would be my fault and like that's messed up too but I had no like I, I hadn't been educated about it I didn't I didn't know what to even do in that situation other than give him what he was looking for because I didn't want him to go looking somewhere else. Yeah. I have a story that is exactly
0: that, actually. (laughs) So going back to my sexually repressive relationship at 19, uh, I get sat down one day and he said, I have something to tell you. I had sex with someone else. I lost my mind. First of all, like, I don't know if you've ever been cheated on. It is the worst feeling on the planet. It's just like, I'm worthless. They don't love me. Like, of course, things that probably aren't true, but you go down this spiral. And then he said, um, Well, there were two women. And I'm like, There's two, which, oh my gosh, I almost forgot, like, the worst part of the story. Back up. He starts this conversation by reading me a book. And I've looked for this book. I can't find it. I don't remember the name of it. So if you know the name of this, listeners, please put it in the comments. It was this book, and I I think it was like a religious context about how when we come to Earth, some people choose to be oppressors and some people choose to be victims. And if we didn't have the oppressors, we would never get the chance to learn to forgive he literally wow. started our conversation He had it all planned out, book. didn't he? He had it planned out. And we get to the end and he's like, so what do you think? And I was like, I don't know. I think it's kind of a cop out. Yeah. Basically victim blaming. Like, well, you chose this. I don't really agree with that. And then he didn't really have a choice because he already decided he was going to tell me that night. Well, I cheated on you. <laughs> I'm like, uh, is well. that why you read me that ridiculous book to try and get me on the side of... Thank you for doing that because now because you've cheated on me, I can learn to forgive you. I was livid. And here's the kicker, though. This is where I'm going with this whole story. He says to me, well, I didn't want to corrupt you because I was a virgin. I didn't want to take your virtue. So I just went to someone else. Like, isn't that the better option? Wow. Because don't worry. Don't worry, they were just sluts. They didn't mean anything. Like, we just had sex and they wanted me to stay and cuddle, but I didn't. I just left. I'm like, wow, that's so wow, nice of you. Assistant. Thank you.
1: Thank you so thank much. Thank you so
0: much. He's
1: over here thank like, thank you for you're sparing welcome. me. Aww. And we have been
0: dating for a year. And I was like, don't you think I would have rather you took my virtue than right. go have sex with two random, quote, sluts that you clearly just used and now I'm feeling bad for these women. Yeah. That's not okay.
1: So messed up. <sighs> this actually so reminded up. me and I don't want to go into like details of the situation just because there's too much but there was a situation where I had a talking to from a priesthood holder basically telling me that like if my husband like looked at porn or did anything like that or like sought you know, sex or elsewhere or anything, like, similar to that, it would be my fault for... No. Because men are visual creatures. And if I wasn't giving enough of myself and showing enough of myself, that, that basically, that would be my fault. Because men are, quote-unquote, visual creatures. Oh, my gosh.
0: I, ca- I can't... Like, this is exactly what I was talking about. How... Jeez, I didn't even realize that they literally said that to women. I thought it was just implied. But to to get the confirmation that they are telling you it's your responsibility to satiate your husband.
1: Yep. A hundred percent. And if he basically like and it, within Mormonism, like we talked about, like there there is no relationship in which pornography is okay. That it's not a thing in Mormonism. So you're basically being told that like your husband cheating on you is your fault. It, it would be your fault if this happened, if you are not giving him enough of what he na- he needs, pleasuring him enough, any of this stuff. It's it's messed up.
0: This is so infuriating. And, and here's the other thing. Again, they're setting these women up for failure. And men too. This is a universal thing. When you grow up thinking that sin or the sex is a sin next to murder and that being in your body is shameful and that your shoulders Mm -hmm. are bad and and you you create this body dysmorphia like oh sex feelings those are bad i need to shut that off like like light switch right (laughs) like a mormon musical then when you get married and you're expected to flip it on again yeah how do they expect you to do that because You have associated these sexual feelings with being wrong, with being ashamed, with repenting, and now you're just supposed to enjoy it. And so, of course, there's going to be issues within having sex with your partner, because not only do you not know how to do it, not only have you probably used porn as your educational source, which is not a good thing to do, like watch porn if you want to, but that's not real accurate representation of what sex is. Not even close. Not only that, you don't know what foreplay is because no one shows that in movies or porn. So you don't even know how to get aroused to the point of being able to accept a penis. There are so many things that are working against you that, of course, like
1: you're not going to have a shot. Right. And like we talked about with, you know, your body dysmorphia and stuff in the Mormon church, like we said, immodesty is really, really looked down upon. But not only that, some of the like, older prophets and apostles said things that shamed women into being modest. So like your, um, women who shoulder, there was like a, for the strength of youth, a couple, you know, probably like three or four versions back that said, if you're showing off your back in a backless dress or something like that, either your shoulder blades are too bony and that's gross, or you look bulky and that's gross. So it's like no matter what you do, like you're either too fat or too skinny, you're going to be ugly in a backless dress or you have bony knees. We don't want to see your Mm -hmm. knees. It's just like there's, it's all about shaming women into it. And it wasn't, you know, and, and, and in the modern day, they will like to act like, oh, this is just about us having respect for our bodies. But that's not how it was. They were coming at it from you are ugly under your clothes. You need to cover that up. So how do you go from I'm ugly under my clothes to I need to strip down naked and let somebody else look at me? Yep. And then I'm supposed to be comfortable enough in that situation to be around. Mm-hmm. Are you joking? Mm-hmm. There is no way. There is no way.
0: And there's so many contradictions because on one hand, you're too ugly and how dare you show show your bony knees. I think it. I vaguely remember the quote i think i covered it in one of my episodes of true mormon quotes where it was like how who are you to think that your bony knees and and shoulders are attractive and then on the other hand if you show your shoulders and if you show your knees then you are (laughs) going to be tempted
1: you're walking pornography yeah
0: which is it Walking pornography, my porn shoulders. I always say that to my fiance. I'm like, I got my porn shoulders out today. And he's like, Ooh.
1: (laughs) Whatever they can do to shame women. That's really all it is. It's it's whatever it takes to achieve the desired effect. So if we have to say things that are contradictory, we'll do that. What works on you? That you are walking pornography, does that work on you? Or do I need to tell you that you're ugly? Then will that work? Will you will you cover yourself up at that point? I mean, it's just whatever it takes to manipulate and shame women. That's all it is. And that just got me thinking,
0: like, what is their end goal? Because aren't they trying to get us to have as many children as possible to bring up the children of Zion? Like, that isn't accomplished by disconnecting women from their bodies. I think that's a huge thing is... Women become so disconnected from their body that they can't even tune in and know what feels good. Right? Or they block themselves from feeling pleasure. They block themselves from actually getting aroused to the point where sex is painful. And they don't even know that sex isn't supposed to be painful because no one's told them about it. No one's told them how to have a loving, healthy, consensual sexual relationship with another human being, which can be so beautiful and can elevate your marriage to the next level. But without the education and and then you add on the shame and the guilt, it's so hard to get there. And it takes couples sometimes 10 years to get to the point where they're – they're actually like enjoying sex. Right. I mean, even just um, when was it in the eighties? And I found out this later that they were telling people who were married not to have oral sex because it was a sin. Yeah. And if you have yeah. oral sex, you should tell your bishop. And I'm like, guys, get out of
1: the bedroom. Like this yep. is not your jurisdiction. So not your business. Especially
0: when you're married.
1: And at that point, like you're having more communication with your bishop about what you're doing than you are with your partner. Uh, So like you're not setting healthy boundaries. You're not figuring out like what you're comfortable with. Like, because there's certain things that like certain people are and are not comfortable with. And that's fine. You know, some people are monogamous and some are not. And some people, you know, want to watch porn and have sex and do what people on the screen are doing. And some people don't. But you don't have these conversations because you don't talk about it. Because it's mm-hmm. a sin and you are used to that being a sin. So you, like you're talking about, they said, oh, like you shouldn't have oral sex. You need to talk to your bishop about that. You go talk to the bishop, you're probably telling the bishop more than you've ever talked about with your partner. <sighs> because that's, you know, the mediator, which like, why would that be the case? Why is he involved, especially between two married people. This is what you wanted, right? The church wants you to get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. Why is the bishop involved in any of these decisions at all? Oh, I agree. So and
0: he's not, he's not licensed to talk about these things.
1: He's just some guy. He's the guy down the street. Like, it's the
0: guy. He's your friendly neighbor. No.
1: Oh. He doesn't know
0: how to handle these situations. He doesn't know how to coach a woman into being able no. to feel pleasure because it's not just a physical thing. It's not like, well, have your guy do this before sex. No, it's a lot of it is mental, right? especially for women. We are very emotional, mental creatures when it comes to sex. If we're not turned on, it's like, sorry, my body's not doing the thing. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. So people need actual help, licensed psychologists and therapists like Natasha Helford who know the information and know how to help you. So right. yeah, I, I love that you brought up communication and I never thought of it that thought of it that way that yeah, the bishop knows more about your sex life than your actual husband because you're forced
1: to tell him these personal intimate yeah. details. Well and and the church has encouraged that. So it's not like I was just saying like, oh, like go around talking to your bishop. That's what you're supposed to do. You're having issues, you go talk to your bishop. You receive counsel from your bishop. Mm -hmm. And again, Mm -hmm. that is just some guy. He is a guy that lives five doors down and works as a Walmart greeter. Like he is just some guy. Like it doesn't have to be anybody in particular. It's just whoever the Lord chose. And to be perfectly honest with you, that doesn't always work out. One of my bishops was a sexual predator who is now in prison. And he was the one that everybody was telling all of their issues to. So it's just some guy he has no credentials he has no qualifications he has no license and all the while he was a predator so wow. <laughs> you're not getting help right you are not receiving any sort of real help with this you're just talking yeah. to a person who could be anybody yeah, it's,
0: it's dangerous and they tell you that these people are called of god so you trust them
1: you do and that's what causes a lot of the problems i feel like that is uh-huh. what a lot of this comes from is you take somebody who, you know, on their own maybe isn't a good person. Then you put them in a position of power over children. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember for people that are like, "No, we're we're not supposed to talk about our marital issues with the bishop." The reason I found out my parents were having or my dad had an affair on my mom was because I went into the bishop. They they set up an appointment for me to go and talk to the bishop and he's the one who told me what was going on.
1: Oh my God!
0: Yeah. I'm like, oh my Why god. I'm here? Like and I had to have this uncomfortable conversation. He goes, and luckily he was a really cool guy. Like I got really lucky with this bishop and he was like, Socially, do you know what's going on? And I'm like, an affair. Like, I don't even know what the word meant. I was like, I think my dad had sex with someone else, and he was like That's right. And your dad's doing everything he can to become a a member in good standing again. And I'm just like, this is so weird. (laughs) Why am I talking to you about this? Oh, God. I should be having this conversation with my parents. Yeah.
1: And a family therapist.
0: (laughs) Seriously. I mean, to my mom's mom's credit, she tried to get me to go to a therapist afterwards. And I was like mortified of going to a therapist. (laughs) I think I went once and I hated every minute of it. She did try. But... It just shows you that that's what we're taught, is you take your problems to the bishop, and these people who are not qualified can probably make it worse or right. not help at all, and and also breeds the perfect opportunity for sex abuse to go unreported to the law. They're in a huge lawsuit right now, the churches, I'm yep. sure you know that, of this these um sexual abuse cases that were not reported to authorities because the bishop said no I'll handle it don't report it meanwhile this poor little girl continues to get abused because the bishop doesn't say anything and that breaks my heart i just i want things to change and i know you do too and i'm not trying to like let's take down the mormon church i want the i want them to fix what they're doing so that if people choose to believe that way they can have a better shot at having a better life without the guilt, right. the shame, the perpetrators, um, without the abuse. That's all I want.
1: <laughs> right. And I, I mean, that's, that's exactly, you could not have said it better. Like, it, it really comes down to wanting other people to have a better experience than we did. I mean, it was not mm-hmm. easy. It's been very difficult. And on the other side of it, it's been very traumatic of course, we don't want people to go through that. I mean, most of the people that I love and cherish are members of the church. I'm mm-hmm. I, I not over here like burn the church to the ground. It's I right. I want you to be happy and healthy. And there's, there's changes. There's actual real changes that can be made to make that happen. It's totally plausible if the church would yes. implement them. <laughs>
0: Yes, one hundred percent. It's not something that it's like. Well, I guess that's just how it is. No, things right. can change, and and usually it takes the the exmolexes and the John Delins to speak out about something. Then magically the doctrine changes, and you're like, oh, that's convenient. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I just did a whole episode <laughs> on that. Wonder why they were suddenly inspired to make a change after they excommunicate the people that speak out about it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, God. This leads into my Linda listen moment. (laughs) Is there something that you want to say, either a spicy, I need to get this off my chest to an organization person, or something that you want to say that is inspirational to our viewers who may have gone through something similar and your advice?
1: Let's see. Listen, Linda, sex can be such a beautiful, magical spiritual experience if you are educated, if you are smart about it, if you have communication and consent and your religion, your God, your bishop is not involved.
0: Amen. <laughs> I will attend the Church of XMLX any Sunday of the week. <laughs> well this conversation has been amazing i'm like so pumped you know you just get amped about this stuff and you just want to tell the world everything and just listen you know so thank you so much for coming on and having this amazing conversation i think it's going to help a lot of people i'm excited for people to see it um before we pluck all of your channels is there anything else that you want to add
1: um you know what go out there and have lots of sex go to a sex shop and look at everything they have and buy a bunch of it and have a great time <laughs> yes i am for
0: that 100 percent. buy a vibrator <laughs> all the toys like vibrators are your friend. um <laughs> amazing so tell everyone how they can find you connect
1: with you watch your content uh, yeah you can find me on uh youtube TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I kind of have all the different things. Um, All of my handles are xmolex, at xmolex. Go to my YouTube channel. All of it will be linked there, xmolex. And uh, yeah, if you wanna see more content, if you wanna see me be a little bit spicy sometimes, a little bit angry sometimes, a little bit sad sometimes, you get a little bit of everything.
0: (laughs) I love it so much. I love that you're authentic with your viewers. You tell it how it is. And you present it in a way that I think is digestible to where people I mean I've I've saw I've seen the comments on your your things like, oh, she's the reason that I left because she planted a seed. And or like she got me so mad about something that she said (laughs) that I went and researched it and realized she was right. Like that's the stuff that we need. So thank you for what you're doing. It's amazing, and I hope you continue to do that.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of
0: course. So, thank you for watching, everyone, and until next time, follow your highest excitement, be conscious, and be well. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot if you could like and subscribe on YouTube and leave a review or a comment to help with our visibility. You can also find me on social media at colts to consciousness or reach out by email at Colts2Consciousness at gmail.com.